Well, God is already doing something here, um, a unique thing. You guys, I, I have not cried like that in worship in so long. Um, you know how there's just those times it just feels good to just let it out and you just feel like God just speaking to you like nonstop. And I, you know, I, I just came from another conference heading off to another one tomorrow. It's just, it's just been a crazy week, but in the last couple hours, um, I just feel like the Lord has visited me, um, and I'm so grateful. Yeah, I, you know, some of you guys don't know anything about me, so you go, maybe he does this all the time. <laughs> I don't do this, man. I, you know, I came here and I, I got here, uh, and I caught the end of Tullian's message. Um, I, I don't know how the first half went, but the second half was good, and I, I am. It was exactly what I needed to hear. Um, You you know, that whole illustration about like you've got the keys in your pocket and you're looking here and you're reaching for this and it's stressing you out. You're getting angry. You're you're just you're just about to explode because you feel like you've looked everywhere. And yet it was with you the whole time. It was right there, and man, that was just everything I needed to hear because I feel like I've been reaching for this, and that. there's so much pressure, you, you know? There's so much pressure to, to, to match up to someone else. Uh, nowadays, because you, you hear what everyone else is speaking, and you, you, you listen to other speakers, and you realize how intelligent certain people are, and you just go, man, I, I can't get there. I can't reach that level of intellect. And then they make you feel like, well, then, then you shouldn't be a pastor. You, you know, if that's where you're at, and you, you start doubting yourself. You look at these other leaders who can do these massive things, and you start going, man, how come I, I can't quite get there? And you just begin to question and question. Question and reach and reach and reach and reach. And, and, and I just, the, the, the voice that I've been hearing from God for the last couple of weeks, I've just been reminding me, you, you know what? That's, that's not who you are. Okay, I made you. And you remember from day one how I was with you. And that's why things started to happen in ministry. It's not because you were more intellectual back then. It's not because you were working harder back then. It wasn't because you were a big leader back then. Why are you listening to all these other voices? And what I began to see was all this pressure and stress. And, and uh, you know, there's just, there's just a part of me that, that misses the good old days. You ever feel like that? I remember, man, when I was in high school and I first became a Christian, I didn't know anything. I just, I just started looking at all my friends. I remember just walking through the locker halls thinking, these guys are going to hell and I love them and I can't let this happen. And I remember just, just, just trying to talk, just go, man, I got to tell you about something that happened in my life. I, I, I remember just, I, I would cut class and talk about Jesus, you know, which I, I'm not, Say, I mean, if you're Asian, it doesn't really matter. You're going to get A's. And uh, so it's just like I would cut class. I would go and just to have conversations, you know, with my friends. And, man, it was just it was just such a crazy time. I remember being a junior in high school and looking at my yearbook and, 
and just getting freaked out thinking, these seniors, I'll, I'll never see them again. And I just remember grabbing the phone and just calling every senior I knew one at a time and just going, dude, I got to tell you something. I know this is weird, but man, something happened in my life. And, and just the way God would bless. And I remember, you know, just working for the youth ministry and just discipling a few freshman guys. I had no clue what I was doing. You know, I'm 18 years old. I'm given like 10 freshman guys and go, they're yours now. And it's like, okay, okay. And one of the guys started, I still remember one of the guys started drinking a lot. I thought, okay. And I took him downtown to where the, where all the drunks laid. And, you know, I'm like, you want to be like that? You know, you want to, I, I didn't know, right? You just, you're just doing everything. You're praying for these guys. You're just loving these guys. Like, God, don't let them fall. Don't let them fall. I'm praying for my friends. I'm coming home after waiting tables and begging God to save the people I'm waiting tables with and everything else. Then you become a pastor. Right? And now suddenly there's these expectations on you, right? And I remember the early days. The early days were fun for me. The early days, man, I just tried stuff. And then you start making mistakes. And people remind you of those mistakes. You remind yourself of those mistakes. And then you start getting a little more afraid to take risk. And then you see other people out there. You compare yourself with them and think, man, I don't match up to this guy or that guy. And other people remind you that you don't match up to this guy or that guy. And then suddenly all these burdens and you just start reaching for different things. You start looking everywhere else for the answer. Like, well, maybe maybe I go back and get my Ph.D. You, you know, I want people, maybe if they call me doctor, they'll stop making fun of me. You know, maybe if I do this, maybe if I do that. And you just start reaching for all this stuff and it just it builds up the stress level in you man even honestly even two weeks ago i was thinking about this week because this, this is just a busy speaking week and stress level started rising going man i'm going to speak to a bunch of pastors here a bunch of pastors there I thought about this one even specifically then when I heard that Tullian was going to be here. And Tullian's a real sharp guy, you know? I'm thinking, oh, great. And you got a smart guy right before me, you know? I can't even spell his name, you know? And you just go... Oh, man, you know, and it's just you feel it. You're just like, oh, man, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? And then he gives that message, and I start thinking, yeah, what, what happened to me? It's right here. Have I forgotten some of the stuff? You know, that, that you know what? Right now, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead. Okay? Think about this. Let's, let's seriously think about this. A dead body lying here that's been crucified mutilated, disgusting, and the power it would take for that body to just rise up and walk around. And the terror we would feel if we saw that. And Scripture says the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is right here. Right here. Right here. Okay? So I'm not just some human being up here trying to use his mind, trying to use some wise and persuasive words to get into your head and show you, wow, look at what he came up with. No, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living inside of me. So why in the world am I afraid to speak to a group of human beings? You know, And, and we forget this. We forget the answer's right here. 
The answer is right here. What he, what he said about Scripture. Man, and I, I just, I've been noticing something the last couple of weeks. God's just opening my eyes and the verse that keeps coming back to me because I'm seeing these areas in my life that have slipped is that message that he says to the church in Sardis where, where he says, you know, you've got this reputation of being alive, but you're dead. He goes, but then it was a phrase that when he says, strengthen what remains and is about to die. I've been hearing that from the Lord the last couple of weeks. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. I just feel like God's been saying that to me personally. And I just want to throw it out to you because maybe he's saying the same thing to you. He goes, Francis, I remember the days, Francis. I remember when you used to just trust in me. When you, you were too foolish to know anything else than, than God. And then you see how I came through. He goes, where is that? Strengthen, because it's still in there, friends. I say, and I, I know, I know it's still in there. It's not like, it's not like I've ditched my faith or whatever else. I, I just see, you know, areas where you, I've gotten weaker. I have. I, I, you know, where it started was on Easter Sunday. Easter Sunday, I was, I was going to speak at the, the Hollywood Bowl in Southern California, and it was a new crowd. So I thought, oh, good, I don't have to prepare a message. I can just recycle something old. And so I went to the Word files, typed in Easter, and here's all these Easter messages. And, and I'm going through these, you know, and go, oh, this is great. I just get to pick one. Um, I always nail it on Easter. So here's a bunch of messages. And I just start reading through these messages. And I'm going, wow, that was good. Man, I said that? And I saw some of the things in the old messages where I go, Man, I used to be more bold than I am now. What happened to me? Like I'd read some of the things and I go, I wouldn't care about the people in the crowd. Like I was just focused. Like, okay, God, I'll say whatever you want, man. This is about me and you because I could die in the middle of this and I want to be faithful to you. I want to be a prophet because I see the people in Scripture. They just said whatever and go, go ahead, stone me to death. I don't care because I'm here to serve you. And and I saw that attitude in some of these messages. And I'm going, Lord, I've lost some of that. Strengthen that. I, I know it's in me. I don't want to be a people pleaser. I don't want to be thinking, what do they think about me? Are they going to look at me? Are they going to clap? Or are they going to email? Are they going to do this? Are they going to text? Are they going to tweet about some mistake I made? I don't even want to think about that, Lord. Just what, what do you want me to say? What do you want me to say? I'll die for you. You died for me. You, you know, what, what do you want me to say? And I saw that attitude that I saw. I've slipped. I've slipped. Prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. And Lord, I'm seeing this. I'm seeing this. A little bit of success, you know, big church starts growing, write a couple books, you know, those start selling, name gets out. And then now let me just continue on in the flesh versus, man, go back. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. Don't you go there, Francis. Don't you go there. Go back. Don't you remember that? You know what? And I began to just... Because, look, I've seen areas in my life that have grown. I mean, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our lives, right? Praise God for that. But as I was looking through those messages, I just felt like I needed to sit down and write a list of areas where I had slipped. And on the top of that list, and it kills me to have to say this, on that top of the list was... 
my enjoyment of Jesus Christ. I was reading these sermons where, man, you talk about my son. I, I was reading the sermon of when my son was born that I gave that week. And my oldest daughter actually delivered my son. You know, the doctor said, hey, you know, you, you, you know, she was in the room with us. Do you want to deliver your little brother? And I'm watching this whole thing like, oh, my, my oldest daughter, my wife, my, my first son. I had, you know, three girls before that. My, the man, we're going to hunt and kill things together, you know. And my daughter is delivering, you know, just this crazy moment. And I was reading through the sermon as I, I was, looking at what I said, and it, and I wrote about how as amazing as that moment was, it was nothing compared to the intimacy that I enjoyed with Jesus that week. And I was looking at my words, and they were true. I, I didn't lie about that. I was just so into Jesus. It was just Him and I, and, and we were just so in love, and it was just like, okay, we can conquer the world. I could sense His presence with me. I could just, uh, you know, as great as that moment was of watching the birth of my son, it didn't compare to the fellowship I had with Jesus that week. And I remember just telling the congregation, like, man, I'm so in love with Him. I'm so in love with Him. I just love being with Him. And so at the top of the list of where I saw I had slipped was just enjoying you. What the heck is that? You know how hard it is for me to be up here and say, you know what, I used to love Jesus more than I do right now. That, that tastes terrible coming out of my mouth. Who wants that, man? I want to be up here and say, oh, I'm so fired up to be with you guys. I'm more in love with Jesus now than I am. I haven't done anything crazy. I'm not in some deep sin right now, or you know, that I gotta confess to you. Maybe that is the deep sin though, you know? It's just stupid. You start listening to people. And you start reaching for this and this and this. And Jesus is just saying to me, Francis, what happened? Remember when we were so in love? Remember you just sit and you just couldn't get enough of me? Remember you would just take trips and leave everyone behind? You'd leave the church, you'd leave your whole family and just go up in the mountains and just go, Jesus, I just want to be with you. I just want to talk to you for a couple of days because I love you. And the rest of the world, they can just wait. It's just You're going you're gonna to take care of everything. It's felt like God saying, what, what happened, Francis? Strengthen that. I know you still love me. I know it's still in you. You got this reputation. I could come up here. I could just preach a message and go, oh, okay, there goes Francis. Crazy love. He's in love with Jesus. Oh, no, no. He goes, you got the reputation, but he goes, you and I know where, we're, where you're at. And I didn't want to, I didn't want to, I'm not going to tell you, oh, yeah, I went through this phase a month ago. And I'm on the other end, victorious. Those are the sermons we like to give, right? Not when you're in the middle of it. You know, but you, you guys know, I mean, when Sunday morning rolls around, you can't just punt. You know, you gotta, you gotta get up there. <laughs> you gotta deliver. You gotta go for it, no matter what's happening. Um, I remember, uh, speaking at, uh, at the Bible college I graduated from. And, uh, it was my first time speaking there and the president was there. And you, you know how you, 
sometimes someone goes to your service that you really respect and so you keep looking over and feel kind of weird that they're in the room and you're wondering how they're responding, wondering if they're laughing at your jokes or wondering if they're just going like this about your theology. And um, So after I was done, I, you know, went to hang out with the professor, you know, the president a little bit just to see what he thought. And, uh, and uh, he just looked at me, he goes, man, it was really good seeing you up there. Like, okay, give me more than that, you know. And uh, <laughs> he says, you know what I loved? He said, I love seeing you laugh up there. He goes, yeah, you, you tell jokes and stuff, but then it's like you're laughing at your own jokes, <laughs> you know, and you're just, he goes, you're having so much fun up there. And then he looked at me, he goes, I used to be funny. <laughs> And he goes, but then uh, he goes, all the criticism over the years, the tragedies you deal with, the problems in the church and people fighting, he goes, pretty soon nothing's funny anymore. And I remember just looking at me, it was really, this was 20 years ago, he just looked at me, he goes, Francis, don't lose that. Don't lose that joy. It's easy to lose that, isn't it? And you start thinking, man, when's the last time I just laughed hysterically? You know? Remember those days when you would just laugh hysterically? I've been talking to pastors that just go, man, I don't remember the last time I just really got excited about ministry. Like I used to just get excited and like, I can't wait for this event. I can't wait for this event rather than... Oh, man, it's Sunday again, or oh, is it is it Wednesday night? Or how, do I have to counsel this couple? You know, it's just, it just it's just there again. And then your time with the Lord, just, just everything just begins to dip. Strengthen what remains and is about to die. That's God's message to us. Strengthen it, you guys. Man, we can't, we can't lose this fight. You know, I, I, I was reading, um, you know, I mean, obviously it was a crazy week this week, right? Crazy week in our nation. Um, and I, I was, what was what was difficult for me in that whole process with everything in Boston is, is uh, you know, I, I think the part that's difficult is most of us in our heads are going, that's going to become more and more normal, right? I mean, we kind of all know the writing's on the wall. It's just we're, we're heading that direction. And how do you stop it? There's just more. And, and the headlines, one of the headlines um, that I read on the Internet was millions of Americans ready to snap. Right? I mean, isn't that just true? Don't you just feel it? It's just people going, what is my purpose anymore anyways? The economy's not going to get any better. No one, hardly anyone believes that. This is the first time in American history that we have a generation that does not believe the future is brighter. They just know. I mean, the amount of people on antidepressants and just about ready to snap, ready to lose it. Last year, we had more, even in our military, more, more soldiers died of suicide than in battle. 
Okay, I'm just reading this article going, man, this is, this is where we're at. Everyone's just ready to snap and, and you just look at the future and go, man, there's just people there, they're, they're studying right now how to blow people up. There's people just, just, just losing it in their mind, just going, there's no purpose. I'm a random accident. I, there, there's no point to my life. All these people are bugging me. I can't get a job. You know what? Let me just end in a blaze of glory and destroy a bunch of other people's lives. All of that is building. And you guys, but in the church, and as pastors, we can't be like this. You know, it's the joy of the Lord that's got to be our strength. And we got to hold on. And we got to stop discouraging one another and saying, Oh, you're not good enough. You're not this. You're not that. But to really build one another up and remind each other of who's in us. I, I, I love what Jesus says in, uh, in Luke chapter... Oh, it's in there. (laughs) Luke 21. In Luke 21, when he talks about the end, when he talks about end times, he talks about a time when it says the people will be, uh, people, verse 26, people fainting with fear and with foreboding of what is coming on the world. He says, people are going to be so terrified at the end, they'll be passing out. They're going, man, it's just going to get worse. It's just going to get worse. But then, two verses later, he talks to us and he says, now when these things begin to take place, straighten up, raise your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. You know? Because everyone else is like, oh no, what's going to happen? The economy is going to fall. But not us. We go, that doesn't matter. I don't care. I know what it is to be content with Christ. We have to, you know, but what about these terrorists? It doesn't matter. To die is gain. I get blown up, I get blown up. You know, it just happens. You know, and everyone else is passing out, freaking out. Oh no, you know, whether I'm working at a fertilizer plant in Texas or, you know, just going to watch a marathon or, you know, the earthquake in China or I don't know what happened today. I'm sure something. You just go, it doesn't matter. I I don't have fear. I don't fear. As long as we stay close to God, as long as we stay close to Jesus, man, when that's why I'm going, okay, that we can't lose it. That's why I don't know where you're at right now with the Lord. If you've got the same faith you once had. Remember as kids, the faith you used to have? Walking out of Sunday school, hearing about David and Goliath, and just walking out of there like, my God could do anything. Learning about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego for the very first time. It's like... My God can do anything. You know, remember that? Is that childlike faith still in you? See, yeah, the Lord's been speaking this to me for the last couple of weeks, and I, I do sense this comeback. It's, it's starting to happen. Like in my church, we read through the book of Numbers two weeks ago, and, and we're reading about Joshua and Caleb and, 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 and all of these different stories. And, and I'm going, man, you, you guys understand, this is the same God. 
Okay? Like, like sometimes we, we separate. Okay, I remember what he did in the Old Testament and, and, you know, the way he used to be. And somehow we separate like, okay, that was Old Testament. God, no, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, so you know, when he opened up the ground and swallowed those people up, he's still, it's the same God who hates that type of rebellion still. You know, and, and how when Phineas drove that spear through that man and, 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 and that prostitute and, and God ends the curse and, and blesses them because of that. It's like, that's the same God I'm speaking. He still hates sin that much. And, and he still loves faith like Joshua and Caleb. Man, and so when we pray, and I was just getting ready to pray with my group of guys that I'm discipling, and I'm going, you guys, let's not separate ourselves from him. Like he could literally do that, right? It's the same God. It's the exact same person. And we're about to speak to him. Don't disassociate the scriptures from your life. Like I'm about to talk to that God who could open up the ground right now that could shake the ground. And we're in this inner city area in San Francisco, and, and there, there's, there's a hill right there where, where a lot of the gangs, you know, there's just killings. It just seems like the shootings every day. And, you know, and so I've been sharing more at the base of the hill. And, uh, <laughs> and I'm just looking at my guys, and I'm just going, you know what? Either this is the same God, that, uh, or he's not. And I said, why are we so scared of that hill? You know, we we look more like the other ten spies. And I just looked at these guys. I go, look, we can't die unless God chooses that. You know, and I I go, seriously, let's take this literally. That bird right there isn't going to die unless God lets him. So let's just go. Let's just walk up that hill. And start praying for that hill. We split up in groups of three and said, let's just march around there praying, getting into conversations. We can't die. We can't die. And if one of you dies, it's a good illustration for my next talk. I, you know, it's just... You know, and you, you know what was cool, though? So we went up. And it just felt like the old Francis again. It just felt like that kid that just said, my God's not going to let me die. And so it's coming back. It's like, okay, Lord, I'm strengthening what remains. There's still a little bit of that. Still a little bit of that attitude, that confidence in the Lord. Let me strengthen that. Let me take some risks again. Let me, let me live by faith again. Let me go out in a blaze of glory if that's what he wants. You know what I'm talking about? I don't even know what I wrote from my notes today. Um, maybe I just leave it there for now. I don't know why force. I don't even know how much time I have left or if I have any time left. I, I just want you guys, um, you know, let me end with this. Maybe, maybe this is what this is about. A friend of mine was talking to me about Facebook, and he's, he was talking about depression. And this pastor of a big church, and he was talking about how he was reading something about how Facebook is leading a lot of people to depression. Two reasons. Number one is isolation. God created us 
to look each other in the eye and love one another. Like the church would just be that place where we're just so in love. Where I, I hardly know you, Carter, but it's like I'm supposed to treat you like a brother. Like, I, you know, I just met you, but, but to somehow go, no, the Spirit of God is in that man, so you're my brother now. And so we're family. And, 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 and the, the, the world should look on at that and, and go, no way. Look at those two. They don't even know each other. And I mean, to literally sacrifice for one another and go, man, what do you need? What do you need me to do to serve each other, to, to, to give up for one another, to, to meet people in some of these low-income areas or, or laying on the street and going, no, you're my brother. I, I real, I'm going to show you. Come on into my house. You know, whatever. Like this crazy, insane, supernatural love. Like that's what God created us for was this interdependence on one another. And so when kids are just doing this and staring at a screen, it's going to lead to depression. But the second reason that I'd never thought of that he says, you know why so many people are struggling with depression? It's because on Facebook, you put your best foot forward. And so now you're looking at all these other people's profiles and going, man, she looks like she's having a lot of fun. A lot more fun than I am. Man, she is beautiful. And she's showing every bit of her beauty on that and showing me what I'm not. Look at how many friends he has. Look at the number on that. Look at this guy. Look at his degree. Look at how smart he is. Look how intelligent. Look how gifted. Look how well his life is going. And you start looking at yourself and going, man, I'm just faking it on my screen. I'm just... And you just... It's this jealousy. Where you just start looking at other people and going, man, she's perfect. He's perfect. Look at me. And maybe that's some of what this is about is I want to apologize. I think a lot of times when I speak, I put my best foot forward and talk about the good things that are going on in my life. And maybe you've never heard a speaker say, I used to love Jesus more than I do right now. And maybe even remember one pastor at a conference, he goes, you know, my favorite message of yours there was one message, you know, in the 16 years, of, you know, that are all recorded and everything else. There was this one Sunday. I even told the leaders, I go, don't put that one on. It was terrible. Um, in fact, I had a really bad day. There was some sin in my life. There was a conflict with my wife and I. And yet I got up and tried to speak, and it was just terrible. And my elders were like, man, that's kind of good to know you can't fake it. Um, you know, it would have scared us more if he gave a good sermon. We're glad you stunk. And... Uh, <laughs> Because it drives you crazy, huh? And I go, yeah. And I said, okay, let's just not put that on. And they said, no, we're going to put it on. And I said, okay, then just title it, Even Francis Has a Bad Day. You know, and uh, and this remember one guy just telling me, man, that was so good to see. And uh, and realizing, man, sometimes we we show up at things like this. And we want to put our best foot forward and say, okay, here's who I am. This is, this is great. It's the best time and tell you all these victories. And I'm just saying right now, I'm in a process. And, uh, two weeks ago, I did not want to be here because I thought, Lord, I'm not ready for these, this week of speaking. Um, because I know the truth about, about you and I. You know the truth about you and I. And we're not tight like we once were. And I know what the scripture says, that 
you know what? If, if I, I forsake my first love, he's just going to remove that lampstand. What kind of light are you going to be? I know what the scriptures say. I know it well enough that if I'm not abiding in the vine, what kind of fruit am I going to produce? And so I even feel like the last few hours has been like this reconnection for me where I'm going, okay, Lord. There it is. There's the life, you know. It's, it's been a weird couple of years. Some of you guys know I planted a church 20 years ago, grew it. The thing was just beautiful, wonderful. I love those people and just felt like a couple of years ago the Lord was taking me somewhere new and uh, went around Asia thinking that was it. We sold everything and just cruised around as a family. Some of the greatest days of our lives, just total freedom, no home. Family of seven, just going, okay, Lord, India, is this where we're supposed to stay? Like, we'll get a place here. Let's just do it. Like, after all of that, ended up in San Francisco and going, okay, this is it. We're going to take this city. After a couple of weeks, you know, people start emailing, okay, what's Francis Chan doing? You know, what's the, what's the great ministry? And it's like, I don't know, everything's failing that I'm trying. It just starts to wear on you. Things you thought were going to take off and it didn't quite happen that way. And ministry isn't as great as you thought it was going to be. And you'd seen so much great stuff and then suddenly it gets really difficult. And you just start to wonder, go, well, what did I do? What happens now? Was that it? Did I peak? And you just start having self-doubt and I don't know. But I just feel like the Lord's reviving something in me. It's, it's, it's strengthening that. And going, you know what? The world's getting crazy right now. Now is not the time to back off. Now is not the time to stress out and go seeking other solutions. Now's the time to go back to that childlike faith, right? That says, okay, I'm not going to listen to anyone else. God, I did not get here through intellect or strength or strategy. I was just this stupid kid that just trusted you. I just knew you would come through, and you did time and time again. And Satan's trying to get me to reach and to look for something else that's right there in my pocket. And I'm done. I'm done. And if the world doesn't like it, if the Christian world wants to criticize, go ahead. But I know where I, be, where I came from. I know how it all happened. I am a friend of God. I am a friend of God. He calls me friend. That's all I need. The spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is still in me. And so let me just strengthen what remains and is about to die. And I pray the same happens for you these next couple of days. I pray that it's something the Lord is doing in all of our lives, restoring our faith, bringing back our first love, reconnecting us to that vine and saying, Lord, let's do it. So let me just let, let me bow and let me pray in total faith. I just I just have faith right now that God in heaven, God Almighty is listening and doing something here. Oh, God, we want to believe in you like we've never believed in you, God. Give us a greater faith like what Tullian talked about, God. There's doubt in us. Get rid of it, Lord. Satan is trying to throw doubt in our mind, Lord. Like Moses, who's like, I'm not, I, I, I don't speak well enough. Get Aaron. Get Aaron. Yeah, and that worked real well. God, that was just dumb, Lord. You created us, Father. 
You made us with a purpose. We're exactly the way you wanted us to be. There's a purpose for our lives, God. Things that you called us to do that no one else is going to do, God. You called Moses to something special, and you've called us to something special, Lord. God, may we not listen to the voices of the enemy that tell us we need the Holy Spirit and... It is finished, Lord. God, help us to get rid of the baggage for those of us who struggle to try to earn the love of our dad, God, and never got it, Lord. And we transfer that onto you like, like, oh, he must think that way of me. You know, I'm not good enough. I, I, I got to work harder. I got to accomplish more. No, forget that, Lord. That's of the enemy. That's of the enemy, God. You love us so much, Lord. Even in our sin, you sent your son to die for us. No one's ever going to love us like that. We get that, Lord. Help us to understand it even more. Help us to understand there's nothing we can do, Lord, to add to your love, Father. You did it all. God, help us to believe in the power of the Holy Spirit again. That what you did in Scripture is available to us today. God, I pray for my brothers and sisters right now. I pray for those who have been faking it, just going through a routine. I pray that they would miss you and long for the days of the past when they were so close to you, God. Just like I do, God. I know my whole family's temporary. Everything's temporary. This world... It's you from day one, God. You always took care of me. You always loved me, God. You always gave me a place to go, God. My mom died. My dad died. Stepmom died. Everyone, Lord. I just remember that kid in junior high. Not gifted, not real sharp, nothing, Lord. You just took him and you did something. And now, God, to turn and try to do it on my own. God, and many of us have done that. And God, today we're repenting. We're trying our best, Lord, to repent and say, God, we want to go back to you. Simple faith in Almighty God. So, Lord, I don't even know how to pray right now for these people. Your word tells me that your spirit is interceding for me right now. I thank you for that. You know what they need. Just like you knew what I needed and gave it to me. Give it to them, Lord. So the name of Jesus would be lifted up. We're tired of people cursing his name. We're tired of people saying there are so many different ways to get to heaven. If there were so many ways, why would you have your son die? It's because there is no other name the name of Jesus by which we can be saved. It's because He is the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through Him. So Father, empower us so people know that our God is the true God. Answer our prayers, Lord, so that people know that our God is the true God, that Yahweh God, that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. We worship him right now. Jesus, we love you. Restore first love.
In your name we pray. Amen.